moment. moment. Of clarity. Of clarity. Of clarity. What's happening, everybody? It's your man, Stefan G. And you are tuned in to another eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity right here on the Promise Life Network. Moment of Clarity, and I am excited about today's show because hopefully Mike will answer a question that has been running through my mind, my heart, my soul, my spirit for the better part of the last decade. It hasn't been that long. Why do you place the burden on me? Because you're the smartest person in the room. I'm not. (laughs) But thank you. So first of all, let me first let Joy, I I have something I have to tell Joy now that she's back from gallivanting around Uh, the world. Did you even look that word up? Um, And no, I don't have to look. I don't have to look it up. I am welcome to use it incorrectly as much as I want to. Gallivanting. And so first I have to let Joy know that, yes, it's going to be like this every time you come into the studio. Oh, my God. <laughs> we had quite the interesting conversation oh before we turned on the microphones. And so I just needed to let her know that, yes, it's going to be just like that. Okay. Uh, today's show, we are talking about, uh, I, I will try to come up with a catchy title for it. Like, who are we here for? Or... Mm. You know, the world and our emotions. Don't whatever. you hate that when you want to come up with a catchy title and you just can't? I can't. Like, Hopefully it'll come to me later. Just not there. Hopefully uh, it'll come to me later. I have later. a hard time with that. Yeah. But the, the basis of today's show is, so I see, have seen, recently saw, and continue to see uh, people speak, Facebook post, tweet, Instagram all the time about having toxic people in their lives, toxic relationships in their lives, and how uh, they're gonna, they need to cut these toxic people out of their lives. They need to cut these relationships out of their lives. They need to cut these people out of their lives. And we've talked about this a little bit before. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how many shows ago, but it was a while back. But I've always had a problem with that, me personally. Not necessarily the God in me, but just me personally. I've always had a problem with that because in my mind, I've always said, but what if you're not in this relationship for you? What if the purpose, what if the reason you're interacting with this person that you perceive to be toxic to you, what if the reason you're interacting with them is to help them become a better person, help them to not be toxic, to influence them, to speak to them, to love them, to whatever, da, 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 right? And so, of course, I was recently in a Facebook conversation oh, Lord. that had this theme to Lord, it Lord. and <laughs> listen this show is an extension of my facebook conversation it really is okay i noticed that lately <laughs> and so it had this theme to it and that person was standing on the principle of you know this person is this person doesn't i don't need to keep people in my life if they don't add to my life basically and i'm like that sounds so selfish <laughs> it just yeah, sounds it so selfish you're right but Inside this thing, and this is always how I felt, not always, but since I got saved, maybe, well, a few years after I got saved, um, <laughs> I've always been open to the fact that it's not there because I understand there are some places in the Bible that basically say, you know, don't associate with, don't be next to, don't interact with, don't eat with, don't talk to, blah, 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 right? And so I decided, well, today we're just going to talk about it and maybe not even come to an answer we're just going to throw it all around the room and see if anything sticks. 
I've noticed that you do that. What you do is when you don't have the answer, you're like, oh, well, this means we have to talk about it on the show. Exactly. Just throw it out there exactly. and, and let's see. And see let's if we see. come to some kind of consensus. See if we can huh. find that makes it very an fun. answer. Yeah. That makes it exciting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Joy, you talked about, um, in, in one of our previous shows, I think it was you, maybe it was Tina, talked about how you were that person, though. Like, you were the cutout, you got to go, I can't associate with you if you don't add to my life person. No, that no, wasn't that you? Wasn't, that wasn't me. I, I, I was the one that would try to be the mentor or the one that says, hey, you know, you can be so much better. This, this can be so much better. It doesn't have to be like that. And then ended up at, at the end of the day um, being devastated by it. So that that was me. Me was the one that was you know arms open and the toxicity of the individual overcoming me instead of me being strong enough to uh, overcome the toxicity, which eventually ended up with some level of excommunication. Uh, not because it was a Oh no, you're not. You, I'm just. I'm done with you. It just happened that way as to where they decided to no longer speak to me. What about you, Mike? Have you been the cut it off kind of person? Have you been the get out of my life kind of person? Well, yes and no. So there have. Thanks been... for a straight answer. <laughs> <laughs> I I eventually get to that point. We'll put it that way. There you go. Ding ding. So at first, I can be the kind of person that's like, oh, I used to be really bad with this, where I would want to mentor people, but eventually those people would bring try to really bring me down Mm -hmm. and then it comes to a point where like if i keep going down this road with them instead of me rubbing off on them i'm they're gonna rub off on me and that's at the point where i had to cut them off okay so we're gonna figure out what the answer is i can say personally i don't have a problem cutting people off actually i don't like i take that back i don't like to cut people off but i also haven't had a whole lot of people in my life that i had to cut off Ah, Mm. I haven't, you know, I don't regularly find myself in situations where I'm like, you're no good for me. You've got to go. Now, that can be because I have a large personality, maybe, and I can overbear some of those things. Yes. I'm trying to say I'm overbearing without saying I'm overbearing. You're you're, you're the sun. No, I'm not the sun. I'm uh, definitely the dark cloud. Uh-huh. But <laughs> but um but yeah, so I I rarely have those situations where I have to be like, you know what? You're just not good for my life, my lifestyle, so on and so forth, but you have to so I have to cut you out. However, there was one very important person that for a period of time I had to excommunicate from my life. Now, I was only able to do it for a period of time because Jesus came back to me and was like, "Listen, we got to talk." And that's kind of what brought this up in me. But for a period of time, that person was my mother, ironically enough. Um, And it was because of she had a tendency to be a very dominating personality. And so she wanted you to do everything the way she said you're supposed to do it. And any other way didn't matter. And I'm like, but I'm grown. You know, and you don't run this. Um, (laughs) And she did not know how to check that part of herself. And so, and it it became very. Now you make more sense, but go ahead. Yeah. I know, right? (laughs) I wasn't going to say that. (laughs) And it became very, uh, it became very detrimental for Maya. And so I had to be like, oh, you got to go. You got to go. Like, sorry, 
I love you and I desire to have a relationship with you, but for right now, you and I do not speak and don't let me catch you around my child. Hmm. Um, it's interesting that a lot of times it does happen within families. Oh, yeah. It really does. And can, can I think one of the other things that you said that was very interesting to me is that for a period of time. So as we're talking about this, there are a couple of dynamics to, to consider. Is it a cutoff completely? Never shall I speak to you again. Is it a cutoff for a period of time? Can we define what cutoff means? Because sometimes, uh, for me at least, the cutoff is that I don't find myself in your presence or interacting with you on a large scale or often, but I'm still available. So mm-hmm. is that I've had still, to do that too. Is that still is that still considered cutting a person off? I did or that with a friend it, of mine. So does cutoff mean that you change the dynamic of your relationship or does cutoff mean that, hey, you tell I'm us. not speaking to you anymore. But I I have to know that so we I can help. What does it mean to you? To me, it is the change in dynamic of relationship. So, okay. so the, but that's that's the OK part of cutoff, I guess, for me to to ostracize somebody and never speak to them again is is very harsh. So here's the place that I, like I said, I always came from in in my Christianity is I'm supposed to be the salt of the earth. I'm yeah. supposed to be the beacon on the hill. So no matter how toxic that person may be, there's a place, some place where I'm supposed to be the salt of the earth, where right. I'm the one that's supposed to be affecting the change, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've always had a problem now. There's, of course, levels to this. If you if somebody's, you know, sexually abusing your child or something like yeah. that, you know, me and Mike, we always cut everything off of pedophilia. <laughs> like that's the bar, like all Christian rules kind of subside with us oh. when it comes to pedophilia. <laughs> um, all that morality and oh, we can work it out. All of that kind of goes out the water. So there are levels to this. Of course, we're not saying no matter what somebody's doing to you, if you're being physically abused by someone that is a, a situation where we desire you to leave that situation. Yeah. I don't want you to stick in there and try to be the salt of the earth. So we're not being foolish, right? But I'm talking about people who are like, you know, just their personality and the way they act and the things they do. And even in some realms, if they are, and I hate to use this word, but. You're going to use it. I am, and I'm going to get beat up it. for it. That's but moderately abusive. And what I mean when I say moderately abusive is. Sometimes we can interpret people as being abusive when it can be that they are wrong. It can be that they are practicing traits and and personality that is not good, that is toxic, but our interpretation of it can turn it into abuse, right? So, for instance, people will say, you know, how can you let people somebody somebody said it before when we had a a show on Children that were outside playing and the mom called some mom called the cops because the kids were outside playing unsupervised. Somebody will call that child abuse, but that's child abuse by perception. That's not actual child abuse. You know what I mean? And so that's what I mean in that space of moderate abuse of things that we might perceive because we are, you know, we we do team too much. Every time I see you, is that abusive? Not at all. That's good for you. Okay. That's okay, good. For I'm you. just. I, I but you know what? To be I honest to with you, though, Mike, that could be perceived. But with as, the, to be honest with you, that's what the abuser says too. It's good for you. You know, so, I'm just saying. Yeah. Just, I, I needed to check and see if I needed to, you know, kind of back up and let not you, you're not in my life anymore because you're not bringing good. But you are. It, it's a good thing. Well, the, but you bring up a good point. So I would ask Mike, how do we determine? How do we define? How do we figure out 
where that place is. If there is a line, first, if there is a line, second, where would the line be if there was a line? You know what I'm saying? So how do we find out? You know, how do I find out if I need to cut you out of my life, Mike? Do Does he need to go? I mean, you, <laughs> this is the whole theme of the whole show. <laughs> and you're just asking me to sum it up now yeah. in one sentence. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, with me, it depends on... With me, it depends on the person you are, where you are, how mature you are in your faith, how mature you are in your walk, how mature you are in your own security. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you are very new in the faith, you probably should cut more people out of your life than if you're more mature in the faith and those people are not going to rub off on you as easily. You know, I'm glad you said that because we, yeah. I, I was thinking yeah. about that as well yeah. in the sense of. You know, where do we decide this is the dividing line? And a lot of that has to do with who we are as people. So the first thing that we have to understand is who we are and where we are in our faith. Right. right. Because the Bible does say, where is it at? I, I saw it a couple seconds ago. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. It says, don't be fooled by people who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. Now, of course, you know, I like to take scriptures out of context. So I, <laughs> I encourage you to go read 1 Corinthians For chapter yourself, 15 the whole thing. and find out what the people are and what the such things is that they're yeah. saying, yeah, they, you know, but it doesn't take away from the quote that bad company corrupts good character. Yeah, that is exactly. something that is actually true. And so there's a space in the Bible where people will use that and be like, well, that bad company corrupts good character. So I can't be around you. And churches do this all the time. We exclude those who are participating in sin or actively sinful because we're so worried that they're going to rub off on us. And I've always been upset about that because I'm like, but my Jesus is supposed to be stronger than their sin. Yeah. So I should be the one rubbing off on them, not them rubbing off on me. If they're rubbing off on me, then whatever the Jesus is that I'm proclaiming inside of me must not be as strong as I think it is. Does that make sense? It does. Well, and, and, and it's also like we were saying, uh, knowing of yourself, sometimes we, as you said, I, I'll say I, project to say, hey, I can't be around you because you're going to rub off on me because I'm not saying I'm not strong enough yet. Right. I'm not strong enough in the area of my faith as it pertains to uh, drinking. So I can't go to the club where everybody's drinking because I might have a couple of shots of tequila too many. But instead of me owning that saying, it's not them. It's me. It's right. my weakness. And that's what I was going to say. I'm saying that you're, you no, I can't be around you because you're still in sin. Instead right. of me saying, you I'm know not what? strong enough. I can't be around you because I'm not strong. Yeah. Right. That's and a good until, point. until I get strong enough to be able to encourage you to come not be at the club with me on this particular Friday because we're going skating or something instead of drinking then I'm going to just point the finger. You're doing wrong. That's so, so true. So, and we do that yeah. so much. And I, I would almost dare to say that a lot of the I need to cut you out of my life might stem from that space. It's me. Yeah. Of not being able to admit or give the truth of the fact that you're not you're just not strong enough to be around them. Yeah. And I, so the the bad company is corrupting your good character because you haven't developed your character well enough. I think yeah, I think that really is sort of the core of the matter. I think that really sums it up well. Yeah. Because if you are strong enough, then you should be around them to help them right now there is also the line of you gave the example of your daughter earlier 
And so you could be strong enough. But she's not. But she's not. Right. right. So you have to cut, you had to cut your mother out for a while to protect her. Exactly. It wasn't just about yourself. If you were alone, you might have been strong enough. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I was doing it just fine yeah. on my yeah. own. But you're right. To protect her, I had to pull her out of that situation. And so I don't want to take away from the fact that there are situations where removing the toxic person is necessary. Right. Yeah. Right. But I also don't want us as Christians to fall back on we have the right to remove the toxic person because you made a good point, Mike, about it being where you are in your maturity level. And what I desire to see is people who will endeavor to be mature enough to where they don't have to cut people out of their lives anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to say I'm greatly mature in Christ because I got a long way to go. But because of the place that I've come on this particular subject, because I've wrestled with this angel long enough to try to figure out where it lo- what it looks like, I don't find myself having to cut out a lot of people out of my life. Even if they can per- be perceived to be toxic to my life, I know where and when and how I can communicate and interact and interject and still be the salt of the earth around yeah. them and still be the you know shining beacon on the hill around them. To where I can be giving instead of worrying about what I'm receiving. You know, it's interesting. You bring up the salt of the earth from Matthew. And I, that's like one of my favorite verses. But it just kind of hit me that in order to be the salt of the earth, you have to be salt. Yes. Yes, you do. So in order to be the light of the world, you have to be a light. If you're yeah. not a light, then it doesn't work. Here's the question that I have also. Inside this whole dynamic of what we're talking about here about whether you are supposed to cut people off and whether you're not supposed to cut people off. I kind of lean towards the you can, but you shouldn't crowd. You can cut people off, but you probably shouldn't. But here's my question. Where are the Christians that are running towards the toxic people to be an influence? Where are the Christians that are going into that toxic environment, running towards those toxic people? And I know we use the word toxic because it's an easy word to throw around that gives such you know, a strong perception of what this person is. But where are the Christians that are running towards those people who might be a bad influence and endeavoring to influence those bad people instead of being so worried about those bad people influencing us? If they are so easily influenced, then maybe it's time for us to check our Christianity. That's right. I just said you might not be as saved as you think you are right now. If you're so worried about everybody influencing your savedness, then what are you really standing on? Are you standing on Christ or are you standing on your own personal morality in this moment? Listen, we're going to have to take a break because I don't got a lot of hype right now. Mike's giving me that look. So moment of clarity. Stefan G will be back in a bit. Refuse to conform, so when I rap, don't ever ask me to perform. It's not me, it's him above norm. Because him, it's me that's not strong. Because he got torn, it's me that got born again. Now my eyes can see more. Want to never miss an episode of Moment of Clarity? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, or tune in. Moment of clarity is your man, Stefan G. And I got a little hyped up, so, you know, I had to calm down a bit and, and, and reel myself back in. But I really do want to answer to that question. Where are the Christians that are going out into those spaces 
where that bad company is that may corrupt a good character and being an influence over that bad company. It's almost like we have retreated. You know what I'm saying? We're supposed to be the army of the Lord, which I refuse to be an uh, army of the Lord, but we'll talk about that later. That's another show. That's why we're in the army, by the way. It's a whole that's other show. Like, I'll, I'll just say it like this. Kings don't send their children into the army. I'll just put it like that. So, so I refuse to be in the army of the Lord, but we're supposed to be in the army of the Lord, and we're supposed to be going out there on the battlefield for souls, and we out here retreating because we're so afraid that they're going to tempt us to have a drink. Now, if you're an alcoholic, by all means, pull back. But if you're not an alcoholic, what you tripping about? Well, see, and and this is the thing that I thought about after you asked that question while we were on break. For me, I think I know where I have arrived, and y'all can't see me doing my air quotes. So I have arrived in certain places in my own opinion. So I will intentionally go to the places or to the people that are in behavior of where I think myself think that I have arrived as a Christian because I think I'm strong enough to withstand whatever I've already overcome it. Um, but I will not go where I think I have not overcome. Okay. So, so I. That's that's fair. That is fair. But here's my question to you and to anybody else who who feels the way that Joy just said. So she said, basically, I know where I'm strong at and I'll go to the places where I'm strong. The places where I'm weak, I will not go. Right. Right. So what are you doing to become strong in the places that you're weak? Or are you just sitting on those weaknesses and saying, I'm weak in this spot, so I'm not going there in those spaces because I'm weak in this space? What are you doing to become strong enough that you can influence in those spaces as well? Don't make nothing up. I, I'm about to say, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here trying to figure out how I think I'm strong in the places that I think I'm strong. How did I overcome those places to be able to correlate? Am I doing those things in my weak spaces? And my honest answer is no. And that's an even better question is where is your strength coming from exactly. anyway? I, if your strength is coming from on high. Then why hasn't it spilled over into those every other spaces? Area? Exactly. Because and, I have a I have a preacher that I listen to. He's a good friend of mine. And he continuously says, I don't have to have gone through what you went through to understand what you went through and show empathy and sympathy for what you went through and love you through what you went through and bring you to the cross based on what you went through. I don't have to have been a crack addict to go into the crack house. In fact, if I was a crack addict, I probably shouldn't be going into the crack house. So I don't have to have gone through that space. So if I'm exercising my strength in Christ, I can go into all kind of places that I didn't have anything to do with. I, and I concur. There, there, are, there are those things, those areas where if I didn't have to deal with it, I don't know that it's my weakness, then I have a confidence of going there. But I'm talking about if I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I have challenges with X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I am not, I'm not strong enough or I'm using wisdom to say, hey, that was that was me, and I don't know that I've overcome that yet. So the fear of uh -oh. the fear of <laughs> I was to say, oh my goodness, the fear. Y'all have to understand the conversation before, but the fear of not wanting to fall, or not wanting to fail, or not wanting to slip, or not wanting to backslide—that that word that we throw around so much—keeps me from those places. Okay, so I would say 
that is an exercise in wisdom if it's a place where you've fallen before. Yes. But I'm not necessarily talking about a place where you've fallen before. Because like I said, if you're a crack addict, you probably shouldn't be in a crack house. Yeah. I'm talking about places that I just haven't gone through what you went through. It's not a struggle that I have. I'm just not strong in that space because I haven't strengthened in that space. What about that? Now, those I, those I I found a challenge and I enjoy going into. If I've, if not, if I've not experienced it, then like you said, my empathy and my love for people and my desire to see them healthy, whole, and to bear their burden, um, you asked us to have a scripture. My scripture was out of Galatians, Galatians 6, that, that says that I'm supposed to carry the burdens of my brother. You know, What does I, the scripture say? Read it. Oh, Galatians 6 and 2. Carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the requirements of the law of Christ. That is the law of, Christ, of Christian love. And then on down into uh, verse 10 where it says, So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity. So as long as I have the chance, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being and especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith. What version is that? That's a long verse. 10. Well, just saying <laughs> this is the amplified. Version. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah. So, so I, and, and so I'm still, I'm still in the can, but shouldn't cut off category. I believe that there are situations where you can cut people off, but I believe there are prevailing situations or more situations where you probably shouldn't. Because if we're honest, most of the time when we cutting people out out of our lives, and this is what I hear so often, I it's if you don't, yeah, it's because of us. If you don't add to my life, yeah. then I'm cutting you out. Come on, well, and a lot of the, and let's be frank, a lot of the people that you probably are talking to online that are cutting people off of their life are not doing it for religious or Christian reasons. No, they're not. They're, they're doing or they're it for, not Christians. Right. They're doing it for personal reasons. Now, yeah. I hear a lot of Christians say it, too. Yeah. In one-on-one, but they're doing it for personal reasons. Yeah. You don't. If you don't add to my life, then I don't need to have you in yeah. my life. It's not a you're you're bringing me down to the devil kind yeah. of thing. It's just a, I need to better my life and you're not helping me. Right. And I'm like, so if everybody in your life is adding to your life, then who the hell's life are you adding to? Yeah, it's a good point. You know what I'm saying? If everybody in your life is is mentoring you in some way, and I'm not saying the people in your life shouldn't pour into you because they should, but I personally, this is me personally, Jesus didn't say it, but I personally believe that I should have more people in my life that I'm pouring into than people that are pouring into me. I should have more people around me that I'm pouring into than people who are pouring into me. Not to say I shouldn't have people pouring into me, you know what I'm saying? I've got the best person pouring into me, which is Jesus, number one. He's going to pour into me on a level nobody else can. But I also need human interaction, so I'm going to need people pouring into me. But I should have, I believe, you know, I can't put a number on it, but immensely more immensely, Jesus. I should have more people around me that I'm pouring into than people around me that are pouring into me. Well, now let's take the quantity off of it. Let's say you've got 10 people that are pouring into you, and that, cause that's what people do. They say, well, you got 20 people that you're pouring into, but you only have two people that are pouring into you. That they're looking at the quantity, the quantity differently. If you're pouring 90% of you into 20 people, but you only have two people that are pouring 90% back into you, I think it's a balance. It's, it's keeping your cup my cup runneth over. See, and, and that's where I disagree completely. And this is just me. I'm going to be on my soapbox on this one. Pour it all. 
That's what I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying <laughs> with I, but pour it all with I, no worry about how you getting it poured into you. When what happens when you get empty? I go to Jesus, and I say, Jesus, fill me up, I and I allow God. Him to show. I allow Him to give me strategy on how I can be filled. Now, but, like I said, I Jesus saying, is going to send people in your life, right. but I'm not going to rearrange the people that are in my life because all of a sudden I recognize, wow, I'm pouring into 20 people and there's only two people pouring no, into me and, that's and I I'm feel saying. a little empty. Well, take I'm a saying, vacation. Take, I'm saying take the number <laughs> off of it. Stop stop looking at, <laughs> hey, I'm pouring and pouring and pouring by number of quantity, by but more so the pouring of by measure. You know, you, you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference between quantity and... I measure with numbers. A, oh, okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> but now, let Mike, me say... Mike, did you understand what I was saying? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Oh, I didn't explain it to me. I got with both of what you, what you were saying. So she's basically saying when you're just pouring and pouring and pouring and not getting poured into, you're pouring more you're at a than deficit. you have. Okay, you're at a I deficit. got that. Yes. Yes. And that's true. And that's why I say there should be people pouring into you. There should be. But I don't want... I don't want any Christian to live their life focused on focused on the their surroundings in that way. Right. I don't want any Christian to live their life focused on the people they interact with in that way. Now, I also say that there can be a season of your life where you need to be poured into, where it's not about you pouring because you're healing from something or you're growing into right. something or there's some type of thing happening into your life. You know, a death of a loved one. Look, you need to be around as many people pouring into you as Love you possibly it. can exactly. be. You know what I'm saying? That's a season of your life where we're not expecting you to pour and pour and pour and pour and pour. And if you are, you're probably not being wise. I'm not, you know, just completely obtuse about the situation, but I just, I'm being so extreme because on the other side, it's so extreme. Yeah. Because it's so, they're so easy yeah, for easy people now. to say, Split I'm cutting switch. you out of my life because you don't add to my life. Or I'm cutting you out of my life because I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Blah, 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 blah. And maybe you do need that kind of negativity in your life to check you on your daggone life. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, it really is because you're talking about, I, I just feel like most people that, say these things they're not looking at it from a christian standpoint or how to grow spiritually or how to help other people i think they're just on the surface of their life instead of really wanting to grow in a deeper relationship with christ in any kind of way they're just thinking i want to be happy right so you're not making me happy exactly so get out of my life because i want to be happy yep and there's more to life than just being on the surface happy, happy. Yeah. yeah i also have to take into account the people people are drawn to to me based upon me so if I'm drawing negativity, uh, <laughs> oh, I kind you know? of a whole another subject, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. uh, if so, if I feel like I gotta cut people out of my life that if you're are, continually drawing yeah, toxic people to so you, I'm like, uh, maybe you should go in and figure out why you got so many toxic yeah, people coming your way. Yeah, what's my toxicity level? What's my well, pH balance? What's got what's going on in here? And there are some times where you're drawing them in because you're toxic, so toxic wants to mix with toxic, I guess. But there are also other times Say where it, Mike. Say you're it. drawing the toxic people in because the toxic people want to naturally get the toxicity out of their system right and they see you as an antidote yeah they know you've got the you got the cure juice. you walking around yeah you got the juice you walking around here with the pure water you know what i'm saying the everlasting water the water of life you know the rivers of flowing water you walking around here with the good <laughs> stuff and they walking around here with monsanto all in their system uh. 
And they're trying to figure out how can I get the Monsanto out of my system. And here's the thing. They're not doing it consciously. It is their spirit that is being drawn to you that says that person, I want I want that. I'm, I need to figure out how that is happening. And so they come to you and they just regurgitate all of this just nasty and just throw it up all over you. And you just sitting there with all this throw up on you like, really? That's what? <laughs> and then you start talking that. But that's what changes the mind frame where you're like, I got all this puke on me. I need to cut these people out of my life. No, no. you need yeah. to use the living water that's on the inside of you to wash, wash yourself you clean. Them. And uh, teach them how to whatever. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so there's actually something. a point that I've been wanting to make for like 20 minutes. And oh, I sorry, Mike. I was trying to figure out how to sneak it in here. I wanted it to flow, but I don't know if it's, so I'm just going to say it. I want to back up a little bit and go back to when you were talking about we're supposed to be the army of Christ. Yes. And you have some problems with that terminology, but let's stick with it for now. Okay, that's cool. The, the Bible actually addresses this specifically too. When you're a soldier, do you go in, especially back then, do you go in naked? No, you no. don't. You go in whole with armor. the armor. Got the whole armor on. The armor. So there's, you know, in Ephesians, Paul talks about that specifically. He wants you to put on the full armor of God. So you can go into battle. Exactly. And I think there's a, the problem is there are a lot of people out there, they are, they cannot go out to these negative places because they are not prepared. They are not wearing the full armor of God. So if you're not wearing the full armor of God, you can't go out into the world Boy. because you will be Come on, Pastor Mike. You will be attacked. You better call his name. Come on, Pastor Mike. <laughs> you're right though. But you're I, absolutely I, right. Because as a soldier, being the one that's former, I you can't tell without a cavalar, without my yeah. breastplate. Without my M4, without my steel toe boots, without whatever I have to have on in whatever environment. So if it's a desert environment, there's a different uniform. If it's a woodland environment, there's a different uniform. Yeah. You can't send me out to battle without my so, gear. So basically what you're saying, Mike, is that people are using cutting you out of my life, cutting this person out of my life as an excuse, as an excuse for their fear mm -hmm. of being vulnerable <laughs> because they are not clothed in the armor of God. Uh, yes. So well, and they're just not prepared. They're not prepared, right? And we could, you know, we could do a whole another show on what yeah. the full armor of God. He goes over it, and there's well, a specific reason and, for each one. Let's go ahead and say it real quick. We not we not going to get into a, a exegesis Bible of the study. armor yeah, of the God, but let's just talk about what it is. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Now, I prefer the version that says spiritual wickedness in high places just because that sounds really cool. <laughs> but anyway, same thing. So therefore, put on the full armor of God so that in the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then. So after you've done everything to stand, Keep stand therefore with the belt of truth buckled around your race mm. so you got to have the truth yep mm -hmm. the breastplate of righteousness so you got to have some righteousness in your life now the righteousness is imputed upon you right. but you still have to operate mm. in it right your feet shod with the gospel of peace so you got to have the gospel of peace with you well Take and that and that means and there's a specific reason why it's on your feet right because you're supposed to have 
the shoes on so your feet when you're anxious you're moving all around exactly when you have the gospel of peace you are standing firm exactly and then we want the shield of faith to extinguish any flaming arrows of the evil one the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit which is the word of god so if you're not operating in the word of god if you haven't been saved if you're not operating in faith which is doing what god says when he speaks a word if you're not operating in the gospel of peace, like Mike said, standing firm on the word of God, if you're not walking in the righteousness that God has imputed upon you when you became saved and you're not operating in the truth that is the gospel that you stand in, you are going to get beat. Right. And you are going to have the bad company corrupt your good person because you, are, as Mike said, is not, are you're not prepared. Exactly. You're not prepared. And by the way, the preparation takes time. It does. Because you're a soldier, Joy. How much training did you get before you were oh my on the battlefield? A year. So that, that eight weeks of basic training is only to give you the very basics of how to fire your weapon. But you have to go through years of training of practice and practice and practice and practice. And the, so, yeah, and not it, it only takes that, a lot. Not only that. takes some time. Not only that, we have continuing training. We yes. have continuing right. education that we go through mm-hmm. so that we learn new things as we come around, learn new parts that we didn't see before. As we've come up, say I hate to use the word levels in Christianity, but as we come up through levels of understanding, then we learn new things and how to apply certain things, you know, and. And to the church, too many people in the church don't want to go through the work. They don't want to go through the training. They want to uh, send the drone to do it for them. Yep. So they don't have to. And they, and they want to take the easy route, yeah. which is cut I'll you out cut of my life. Out. Yeah, because I don't, I, don't, I don't have to learn. I don't have to prepare. I don't have to get better. I don't have to get healthy. I don't have to get whole. I, I want you to remember all them words you just I'm spit just, out. I, I know. <laughs> and I was like, man, you threw I just want you to know that I like how you twisted all of that from you just uh-huh. with all of that. Okay. So in, in, I caught that, Mike. I see it. <laughs> so it sounds like my original perception was based in truth. I won't say it was absolutely accurate, but it sounds like my original perception was based in truth, which is we as Christians should not just be cutting people out of our lives because they don't add to our lives. And we as Christians should not just be cutting people out of our lives because they're quote unquote toxic, whatever that means in your particular situation. But we need to understand if there is an occasion to cut someone out of our life because we are not mature or grown in that space and it will affect us. We have to be honest with ourselves. Right that we are not able to interact in this space because we haven't grown enough. You know what I'm saying? It's like people who are like, you know, well, why'd you get an attitude with them? Because they said so-and-so and so-and-so to me. Well, you haven't grown far enough in your walk to understand that just because somebody says something to you that you don't like doesn't don't mean you get an attitude with them. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to be truthful with ourselves about where we are And then endeavor to be better, endeavor to grow higher, endeavor to mature more, endeavor to seek a greater relationship with Christ so that we can then go into those spaces and be the salt of the earth. And so, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that, ladies and gentlemen. Let's, instead of cutting people out of our lives, instead of getting out of this toxic relationship, blah, blah, blah. And like we said before, there is always space for the circumstance. We know there's no hard and fast rule here. Right. If you're being abused, get out. Yes. If you're if you're protecting someone from abuse, get out. out. Yes. If if it's at that level, then you're using wisdom. 
But I'm looking for Christians who are ready to run into the toxic situations and purify the toxic situations. I'm looking for the Christians who are ready to dilute the toxicity so that it is overcome with the water of the word and that they can be saved as well. And they can be changed as well. And they can be influenced as well. Because if you're a Christian and you're not influencing anybody, then what exactly is it that you are doing as a Christian? doesn't take away your Christianity, but I just asked the question, what exactly is it that you're doing as a Christian? Moment of Clarity, check us out on Facebook, M-O Clarity Radio. That's Facebook.com slash Mo Clarity Radio. And on Instagram, Mo Clarity Radio. And subscribe to the podcast and review the podcast. Give us five stars. If you don't want to give us five stars, don't do anything. And rate the podcast and tell us how great you love it and how awesome it is. Listen, I don't want bad reviews. I'm not going to tell just, people to give bad I'm, reviews. I'm, no, no. So just review the podcast, rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. Catch you guys next time.